Romans 14, 1 to 3. Romans chapter 14, verse 1 to 3 says that him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God has received him. Praise the Lord. I am speaking to you about dissolving doubts, part four. Please take your seats. Scripture we're just reading here is showing us that doubt is lower than weak faith. And doubt is always associated with being weak in faith. But it is actually lower than a weak faith. Somebody must be down, down, down there. Below the weak faith for us to be talking about doubt. That means that it doesn't look like someone will stay always in the state of doubt. That doubt can be momentary. It can be seasonal. It can also be a permanent feature in someone's life. But some people can have strong faith for something or strong faith in a particular moment and then doubt for something or doubt in another moment. And here, Apostle Paul is saying that there are people who dispute whether they should eat meat or they should eat herbs. And the disputations are generated from the place of doubt, that they are unsure what is right. Now, if you read and go down, you will find out that the Bible said that the herbs are given by God and the meat is also given by God. That if you don't doubt, receive it and eat it and God will be glorified. That means that doubt can be a reason why people may not be enjoying the things that God wants them to enjoy. And when doubt gets firmly planted in the heart, every faith diminishes. That is why it's lower than a weak faith. Doubt creates unnecessary arguments and prohibits us from receiving and enjoying the provisions of God. Doubt is a destiny killer. It's an opposer of our glorious destinies in Christ. And from time to time, we need to teach on this pillar called faith so that we can dissolve every doubt that rests its head in the moment where God wants to show us manifestation of his glory. In Matthew chapter 28, Verse 16 to 18, Matthew 28, 16 to 18. The Bible said, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, 
all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them, blah, 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 blah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So here we see that Jesus has risen from the dead. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, the soldiers received big money to deny the fact that Jesus had resurrected. It was a very tensious atmosphere, a very delicate moment at, at that time when Jesus resurrected. And so these disciples heard that Jesus had risen from the dead and they went in the way that he had been with them before. So they, they went into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. They were used to the place. They went looking for Jesus. But when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So here, one of the reasons why teaching doubt and teaching how to dissolve doubt is important is that some believers mix their worship and doubt in one process at the same time. It's the same soup. But it's neither lye soup, nor palm nor soup. It's abeketikonto. It's a, it's a mixture of different kinds of soups. Making that kind of soup. And it's difficult to name that soup. Because some worshipped him and some doubted him. Same disciples. And the last time I was just drawing your attention to the fact that when the Bible says some worshipped him and some doubted him, you could easily believe that if they were 11, it was like Supreme Court voting. Judgment 6-5. And the 6-5 people had it. That 6 worshipped him and 5 doubted he was the one. But it, it, that is not how the Bible even wants us to look at it. Another way the word wants us to approach this is the fact that some people were worshipping him and at the back of their mind, you are still not the one. And in the Bible, it had happened before. It had happened before where they went to ask Jesus, seeing that he was doing all the signs of the Messiah that had been promised. Even John the Baptist sent them and asked them, go and ask him, is it the one that we should be expecting? I mean, he believed so much, even by revelation from God. He saw the spirit descending on him like a dove. But at that point, when he was in crisis, when doubt took over his head, he sent disciples to go and ask him if he was the one that we should be expecting. The question I'm asking is that, how is it possible for a genuine prophet, one that the Lord himself testified about that, among prophets born to women, there is none greater than John. He had a revelation of Jesus and announced his coming. He was his forebear, forerunner, to announce that he was a light. He said, I'm not a light. One that comes after me is greater than me. He is the light. I'm not the light. Let me decrease that he increases. After doing all that, crying in the wilderness, make straight. 
his way, his path, and all of that. He now gets into prison, and he sends his disciples to go and ask him that if he is really the Messiah. That is to say that faith today is not faith forever in every moment. Now, if John the Baptist can doubt the personality of Christ, his assignment, and all that concerns him, because of this, the moment he found himself in, what do you think could happen to us when we find ourselves in very difficult situations? And difficult situations will come. And you see, one of the reasons why we should take this serious is that when John entered into that moment of doubt, he lost his head. <laughs> Quite apart from the fact that he lost his physiological life. That is, he, he naturally was extinguished, terminated. He died as a, and he became a carcass who was buried. The, the important element in that particular chapter of John is the fact that he was beheaded. And what the Bible wants you to understand is that you can never keep your head on when doubt takes over. You can't think straight. You, you will not be yourself. You cannot maintain your intelligence, your soundness, your conscience. You cannot maintain what Nigerians would say, your mentality. When doubt takes a firm root in your heart, you lose your head. And many people lose their heads. Many people in, in a, a tight situation, in fact, in a tight situation, what you need more is your faith. You don't need doubt in a tight corner. What you need is faith to come out. But I told you the last time in Mark 11 that he said that if you will speak to this mountain, be thou removed, and you will not doubt in your heart, but believe. That means that the heart always has got two options. Either to doubt or to believe. But this is what is even important. Maybe I didn't mention it. In the Bible, in Mark 11, the chronology is after this manner. If you will not doubt but believe, that means that the heart is more driven to doubting than believing. That doubt is the first option. The priority of the heart in interrogating any matter is that it naturally has a proclivity to doubt than to believe. Now, if the belief is now a secondary activity of the heart, then it means that it takes so much more energy, so much more deliberate thinking, building capacity to believe because the doubt is a natural cause of the heart. Are you here at all? Like we were born bad. You don't think too much to steal? Born bad. <laughs> so the heart will doubt quicker many, many times than believe. And whenever you are doubting, you're losing your head. May you never lose your head in, in ministry. Amen. You won't lose your head in marriage. Amen. You will not lose your head in your career. Amen. 
And I look at somebody by his side and say, don't lose your head. So tell them doubt will make you lose your head. You see that some people will study so hard and doubt their ability to write an exam. And that's how they underperform. If you see me going into an examination room, even if I'm not prepared to the, I, I, I've never felt prepared before. I have never felt prepared for any exam before. Beatrice will tell you. Every time my, I, I take my book to an exam hall, it's not possible for me to, I say, I'm fully prepared. So whatever will come, let, no, 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 no. I'm all, even last minute, I want to go out like I want to go and we just go and still read one line piece like I'm not remembering the thing. Hey. Charlie? And, uh, and normally when I go, that thing is there composing. I, I start dealing with it. <laughs> Are you here at all? I have never felt fully prepared, even though I put in a lot of effort to learn or to study. But I have also never entered into an exam room thinking that I will make it. It's not possible. Oh, I have a, I have a friend. I see where your friend There's a mark that you can take home. By all means, even the lecturer knows we'll get it. Yes. <laughs> so when you doubt, you freeze. When you doubt, you, you are not enabled. When you doubt, power leaves you. When you, so Jesus, when they, they mix their worship with doubt, I'm saying that our work with God is a worship. And we can be mixing it with doubt. So we are with the Lord too, we are not with his power. So I'm a Christian, but there are times I'm connected to the grid. There are times I'm not connected to the grid. So most of the time, when the testimony is coming, I'm disconnected because of my doubt. And when I'm connected, it's a time I should wait. So I have the time of faith to wait, but I don't have the time of faith to receive. And so when it's time to, I can wait peacefully, but when it's time to receive, I begin to doubt. And that's how my waiting becomes useless. You, you nullify yourself. So you mix your worship with what? Doubt. I'm praying that nobody here will mix their worship with doubt. Amen. That amen should be louder than it is. Amen. So there are believers who do that. And so some believers doing that. So Jesus immediately, when he saw that some were mixing their worship with doubt, look at what he said. Immediately in verse 17 and 18, the Bible said, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. And at the same time, some doubted. I said, some part of you can worship and some part may be doubting. The center cannot hold. And when Jesus saw this kind of phenomenon, look at his immediate response. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. What is Jesus trying to do? Because doubt questions God's ability to provide or to perform. Jesus did not waste time to point to the disciples 
who were worshiping and doubting at the same time that, that point to the disciples the amount and degree of power at his disposal to achieve things here on earth. So he saw, he saw that some were worshiping, some were doubting. So he immediately announced to them that, I'm just telling you, I'm speaking to you. All power in heaven has been given unto me. In case you are doubting, doubting whether I'm the one, if I could raise, rise from the dead, if I could just um, be raised from the dead, if I could resurrect, I'm just telling you that I told you and I'm repeating to you that all power in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. There and there, he did not waste time to point to them that amount and degree of power at his disposal to perform because doubt is always questioning the power of God to perform so Jesus immediately wanted to quench that their doubt he says that hey, hey, hey you are questioning the power of God to raise me from there but I want to tell you that all power has been given unto me Jesus does not want his children to walk in doubt the power is available. You are the one that is not seeing it. But I want to tell you, that's what Jesus is saying, literally, that all power is on ground. The power is on ground. The one in heaven is on ground. The one here on earth is on ground. And all of that has been given unto me. All power has been given unto me here on earth. So don't doubt. Just flow. Don't doubt. Just flow. Barakwa likasa. Intanila kalusa. Hey. Jesus said, there's power, too much power on ground. Why will you doubt? Quench your doubt immediately. <laughs> Dissolve it. Let it disappear. No matter the situation, what doctors have told you, what life is telling you, whatever it is, if you are my child, quench the doubt. He said, if you are my child, quench it. And know that power is on ground. And if you are not receiving the fruit or the result of power, it's because you are blocking yourself. And what is blocking you is what? Doubt. Doubt. All power is given unto me. In heaven and on earth. So there is no lack of performance here. There is performance here if you will believe. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 10 verse 24. To 26. Tell somebody, don't mix your faith with doubt. Rather mix the word with faith. One more time. Tell somebody, don't mix your faith with doubt. But rather mix the word with faith. And you will see the performances of the power of God. In John chapter 10 verse 24. We are reading all the way to 26. 24 says, Then came the Jews round about him. And said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Then he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that one of the reasons why doubt is dangerous is that when people doubt, they don't know what to believe. Even if the answer is right before them, they still don't know what to believe. Should I say it again? When people doubt, they don't know what to believe. 
even if the answer is right before them. These people came around Jesus in that verse 24. And round about him, they said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us. People can doubt for a very long time. Even when there is no foundation for their doubt. How long is it? We have been doubting and waiting in our doubt. So there is a time, and they were seeking to quench, they were seeking for an opportunity to quench their doubt or terminate the length that they were using in their doubt. People can doubt, oh. For, people can doubt for 10 years just on issues with either marriage or childbirth or health or business, career. They can just doubt. 10 years will be wasted. How long? And for a long time, some people have been doubting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a long time, the same thing you are doubting about, people are receiving it on a regular basis, daily basis. So it tells you that we, God should help us to kill this doubt now and now. Amen. Is God talking to someone here? This month of March, you will not walk in doubt. I banish it out in the mighty name of Jesus. Lift up your hand, put it on your hand, say, I carry grace. Doubt will not stay in my heart. Say, doubt, out. So 24, they were asking that question. And when doubt is on ground, one of the things you will know is that it's not like you will just be asking unnecessary questions. You'll be asking the Lord unnecessary questions. Because doubt does not give you rest. It's only faith that gives you rest. So doubt makes you restless on the things that you are expecting. And doubt can dilute your expectation. It just downgrades it from grade A to grade D. Because there's a way that doubt does not make you feel measured. And you begin to ask questions. Are you the one? <laughs> Should we wait for something else? Doubt is the reason why somebody's husband has married another woman. But when he came to you potentially, doubt was telling you that maybe a better man may be coming. A better woman may be coming. Bacho from Sawai. Take me like that. But that, you see, doubting the future of somebody, clearly you should not doubt. Is a reason why you may miss it and miss it for a long time. I'm saying that when doubt is on ground, even when the answer is before you, you don't see it. So Jesus was right before them. They were asking. They were asking him. <laughs> if thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. And look at what he told them. He said, you are, you are asking me to tell you plainly. 25. He said, ask for plain talk. We did it long time ago. He said, Jesus answered them. I told you and you believe not. <laughs> but the works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. 
I have told you verbally, you didn't believe. I have demonstrated, you still didn't believe. Because of your doubt, there is nothing you will see. Whether it is said or it is done, you will still not feel it, you won't see it, you will not recognize it because doubt will blind your eye and your mind. Your spirit will not flow. Even if the real thing is before you, doubt will not make you see it. So doubt is the reason why people will see gold and think it's a stone. Doubt. Or more. Doubt. Doubt. Out. You see that the, the real opportunity is before you. And I sense strongly that in this month of March, that God is going to give us a very powerful opportunity. Amen. That amen should be louder. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what doubt will do. Doubt, doubt, Jesus has told them they doubted. He demonstrated they still doubted. Because when doubt is firmly planted in you, when doubt is firmly planted in you, the opportunities of testimonies that God gives you potentially, you don't see them as opportunities. I mean, this is Jesus in his full power standing there. They still could not see the opportunity. They were still asking questions. In this month of March, and I've been praying into the month, one of the greatest opportunities God is going to give us for answered prayer. It's not even in the prayer itself. It's in an opportunity he's giving us. And I'm praying that you see that opportunity and receive it. Can I tell you? And many people will not believe it. Because when Jesus is there, he doesn't look like he's Jesus. Even though he's told them over and over again. Even in his trial, they were still asking him, are you, still, are you the king of the Jews? You ask, you ask questions like that. <laughs> he, he said, the miracles I do in the name of my father, they bear witness of me. Still, they couldn't see the opportunity of the miraculous there. You are believing God for a new job. God is going to give us opportunity this month of March. The Jesus standing there for questioning has never been the problem. It is the mind and the eye with which you see him that determines the kind of question you ask. And that determines the amount of virtue that comes to you also. So that's what opportunity. This Jesus, he will always be there. And you know, in many cases in the Bible, when the crowds came around him, Whereas the Pharisees, the scribes, and the rest will be doubting him and arguing with him, someone will come with a sick person and say, Master, I need healing. And the same argument they will be having with him, he will demonstrate it with the person who is not there, but who just believes. And there will be result, and doubters will still doubt. I'm just telling you that I'm going to tell you something. 
what I'm going to tell you, it is God telling me to tell you. But some people will not think I'm a prophet. But I'm still going to tell you. <laughs> oh boy, God help me to tell these people. I'm going to tell you. I know you will not believe it. And I'm telling you, you will not believe it, but I will still tell you. I'm saying that the reason why some people will be at the level they are and they will never move to the next level is not because of the devil. It's because God will give us opportunities and we will not accept it as the opportunity because of doubt. Because doubt does not make you see opportunity as opportunity. It cannot be. How can it be? <laughs> How can you be the Messiah? You are carrying wood here as a carpenter. Will you be Messiah? We know your mother. We know your brothers. But Doubting or no doubting, the Messiah is still the Messiah. So I, I wanted to take it and go home with my wife. We'll go and just explode and prosper alone. And then, yeah. So uh, it would be nice if you come here and you are looking for marriage and you are still not married. Maybe that's how you like it and we can flow. Are looking for a job and you are not having it and that's how you like it, we can flow. Because it's paining me that I'm going to tell you something God has shown me and you will still not think that's your opportunity. That thing is paining me, pa. I'm saying that the answer to somebody's problem, that you are crying in the night. I taught you that when you come out, clean your face and do some makeup and do fine. I taught you. But that notwithstanding, in the night, there's no question that you are what? Crying. There's no question about that. It's a riverbed. That bed is what? A riverbed. So I have come today to show you the opportunity. And I'm praying that doubt will not block you from hearing and seeing this opportunity. What's the opportunity? Is to begin to think that every laborer is worthy of his hire. That is it is foolishness to think that I did it just for God and not expect a result in return. I'm saying something here. I'm saying that the key thing in the Bible that makes God pay you, not pastor, God pay you, not your job, is that opportunity I want to tell you that if you want a nice husband my minister is not to be doing voice training that you want a nice husband there's a way you push God and God will push for you that way is not doing voice training by the beach <laughs> Angels can sing better than you do, baby. I'm saying that. There's no doubt you're going to have a great husband. I'm saying that. 
The opportunity is not in voice training. <laughs> the you want me to say it? The opportunity is to go out there and win souls. That's an opportunity. And God will pay you with a husband. Pay you with a new job or a better or a promotion. God will pay you with a healing. God, I'm showing you what I told you. You can even see that I told you that when I tell you, you will not believe it. And yes, yes. I told you. I knew the answer before I said a question. I'm telling you. There is no way you will reach out to do so winning and God will not reach out to you. Yeah. And I told you that when I tell you that your opportunity this month and this year is so winning, pastors will cry, didn't he? How can so winning be the opportunity? He didn't say fasting. He didn't say prayer. He didn't say me giving money. He didn't say blah, blah. How can it be? I'm saying that when doubt is in your heart, even when the solution is put before you, you will not see it. You will not see it. Next year, we will come here. Some people will be writing remedials with this thing. Ask somebody, do you believe what Pastor just said? That aggressive soul winning, aggressive personal soul winning is your answer, your solution to all the problems. If you want God to pay you as a laborer, go out there and be aggressive soul winner. Go ye. I'll pay you. Go ye. And I know people, I, I, start, I, say, I can see the doubt. I'm a prophet. I, 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 I see it clearly. How can I go out there winning souls, winning souls aggressively? And that is how God will solve my problem. Doubt never puts value on solution. Even when it's before it. It doesn't see. It's always expecting a bigger solution. When the solution is already on ground. He said, I told you. He said, I've demonstrated to you. And still. Nobody should be encouraging you to go for soul winning. If you know what is good for you. If you know what. I know a sister. She had a bad body odor. Bad. She's coming. People are running. They did deliverance. They did everything. It was not going. Then one old time evangelist said, your cure is to make soul winning your lifestyle. How? Somebody that people run away from. When she caught that revelation, initially people were running away from her, but she didn't stop. She kept going. She kept going and she kept praying. Father, you said the laborer is worthy of his hire. As I am going, please pay me with smoothness. 
Pay me with good smell. Pay me. Pay me. It is true so winning. She hit a certain level. God realized that the lady had built capacity that she has certain skills and magnetism that could magnetize a lot of people. So for that, to make the work of God productive, God just quenched the smell mysteriously. It's not, it's not going to the dermatologist doing this. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's not that one. I'm showing you something. So, Jesus is showing them that when doubt is on ground, solution is before you. You can't see it. Opportunity is right there. You can't see it. Blessings are there. You can't see it. Doubt is the reason why a genuine man of God will be standing there. You'll be thinking, Is this God's spirit? Or his devil spirit. Could it be true? Or it's not true? Yeah. And when the Holy Ghost is talking to you, you will know. When doubt is also speaking, you will know. I pray that doubt will not speak in your heart. Yeah. That amen is not strong at all. Yeah. I said this month of March, you will see your opportunities. Yeah. And you will not doubt them in the name of Jesus. Yeah. That amen should be louder than it is right now. Yeah. Lift up your hands. Say, I will not miss my opportunities. I will see them and I will not miss them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Romans chapter 14 verse 23. Wow. Is somebody getting blessed? Too powerful. Romans 14 23. The Bible said, And he that doubted is damned if he eats because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is what? Sin. So here we see that doubt eliminates your faith. And that makes you get into a realm that Bible calls a sin. And it says that he that doubted is in domination, if he eats the provision God has made available. Can you imagine? That means that doubt introduces domination to saints. I say it again. That means that doubt poisons everything on your table. He that doubted is damned if he eats the food is blessed but doubt makes you imbibe into your being domination that word domination is poison is you 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 are counter you are neutralizing yourself you are working against yourself so, you are eating something that has been blessed, but your doubt is poisoning you. I'm saying something. I'm saying that doubt is the reason why a good marriage can become a bad marriage. A good job can become a bad job. A good business can become a bad baby because doubt will always poison what is on your table. Doubt is poisonous. 
it puts condemnation. Let's read it from other translations. NLT, ESV, Amplified. It says that, but if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. But, yeah, this is, um, what is it, amplified? But the man who has doubt, misgivings, or an easy conscience about eating, and then eats, perhaps because of you, stands condemned before God. He stands condemned where? Because he is not true to his convictions. And he is not true to his convictions. And he does not act from faith. For whatsoever does not originate and proceed from faith is sin. Any other translation? Message. But if you are not sure, if you notice that you are acting in ways inconsistent with what you believe, some days trying to impose your opinions on others, other days just trying to please them, then you know that you are out of line. <laughs> Poisonous. Poisonous. Doubt. What you doubted and poisoned. He believed so much that, that look, there are some I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I, I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you. Hey. So, doubt will poison your opportunities, poison whatever is on your table. Somebody will see the blessing of the Lord there. And they are even afraid to enter. You say there's some kakaide. Doubting tea. May every doubt live our lives. Shout a better amen. Please let me tell you that boldness is not by size of body. It's not size of your natural heart. It's a spirit. When the Holy Ghost is in you, you must have it. Faith is a spirit. Now we have the spirit of what? Faith. Not just the word of faith. The spirit of faith. Ah! I want to show you some keys. We, when we have to dissolve doubt, we need some keys. Mark 9, 23 to 29. Very quickly. Mark 9. 23 to 29. Can I show you? Right? In Mark 9, 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Praise the Lord. 22, actually, the Bible said, and oftentimes a man is reporting to Jesus what's happening to the child. It has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So he came for help. 23, Jesus said unto him, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believe it. That means that even when Jesus wants to work and doubt is on ground, the power will be passing here and here. He, he, the power will be flowing, but you will not be receiving the power. If thou can, can. That bringing yourself to that can place is a problem of many. All things are possible. If you can believe, 24. And straight away, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Hey. 
In other words, help my doubt. I believe. I need help to deal with my doubt. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him so, and came out of him, and he was as one dead, in so much that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. So we have said that key number one in dealing with doubt is saturate yourself with the word of God. And I, I led you to where you can get a word. Read your Bible. Study your word. Feast on the podcast. Listen to a message five times, ten times, until it enters your heart. Praise the Lord. Then expose yourself to testimonies that are positive, that feed into your expectation. Mary, go to Elizabeth, your cousin. She is six months more pregnant. The one whom they said can never be pregnant. If she has become pregnant, it is possible for you to be pregnant without a husband. Her doubt left her because of that testimony. Praise the Lord. So here today, number one, according to the story, the man said, help my unbelief. And when Jesus helped his unbelief, the child was healed. So I want to take you through the process. That brought the solution to this man who came and had been everywhere without solution. But now he had a solution because his doubt was dissolved. Number one, open up to receive help from the Holy Spirit. He told Jesus, he said, help thou my unbelief. People don't accept that the doubt in their heart and in their head is a problem. There are some people, they feast on their doubt. And they are not ready to accept that they need help. And until you come to that place where you know that this doubt you have, that me and my friends have been able to define it as phobia for you. It's not just phobia. You need help. And the real help you need is the help of the Holy Ghost. Are you here at all? Some people doubt if they will ever give birth, if they will ever marry, if they will ever prosper. You need help. Because there is nothing unique about you that forbids you from getting whatever you are doubting. There's nothing unique. Your type have been getting it. And you should be able to get it. The reason why you are not getting it is because of your doubt. And the reason why your doubt is there is that you have not opened up to receive help. So open up. The man said, I believe. Help my own belief. Maybe I believe, but I'm not believing well. So even when I think I believe, maybe my believing is not correct. So help my own belief. Help it. When you come to that point where you think that you know that you know that you know that you know. Ha, it's a problem. Oh. Because some people know and they have not carried one stone. That cannot be knowing. If you are in doubt, allow yourself. It's a reason why a lot of us in Africa, we don't even believe that counseling is powerful. 
Hey, what is counseling? Let me continue being my man in my casa. Oh boy. But there's something in it. There's something what? In it. It's powerful. So, because we have not been taught to know that it is powerful, we don't even receive help. Yeah. And the thing will eat you, and the doubt will be there until it destroys you. Makes you pass the moment of your visitation. May nobody miss it in Jesus' name. So you go to the Holy Spirit like the man went to Jesus and said, Lord, I think I believe, but help my unbelief. Help me. Because sometimes you get to a point, you, you see that believing for the child, you are losing it. You are losing control over your faith for the child. Are you here? Come on now. Are you sure you are here? The Bible said in Romans 8.26, the spirit itself helpeth us in our infirmities and prays for us. Yes. He knows that we can be weak. So we have to open up for the help of the spirit. Please lift up your hands. Say, Holy Spirit, help my doubt. Help me. Help me to shaping up, to believe what you have given me. And not to doubt it. Number two, believe what the Lord lays on your heart than the physical negative evidence. You need to believe what God lays on your heart than the physical negative element. If you want to dissolve doubt, the scripture we read in Romans 14, 23 it kept talking about, in, in the other translations, the NLT and the, and the message, it kept talking about the fact that you are not following your convictions. You are not following what? And these convictions are raw seeds of greatness that God plants or deposits in your spirit. That's why your spirit is able to pick it and say that, I will do this business and I will prosper. But somewhere, somehow, you're able to make the environment confuse you against the original seed. So you tend to focus now on the environmental factors than the conviction that the Holy Spirit has given you or the revelation of God's word that has come to you. So you see that this man went to Jesus. When he went to Jesus, there and then the son was convulsing. But he believed that if I've met a miracle worker, today I'm going for help. You can converse up and down, jump into fire, jump into water. In fact, he went to the disciples, it didn't work. And it didn't work means go home. He refused. He was crying, looking for higher help. That's, he will not allow what he was seeing with the disciples deter him from moving on. Is God talking to somebody here at all? Listen. Physical evidence will challenge you. Your menses will challenge your expectation for pregnancy. I'm telling you, you don't want me to say some things. Some people are angry here right now because they are just in that season. Did I cause your anger? I'm preaching. Bishop Oye Depot said one day he came home and the wife said, they are daughter. The wife said she was pregnant and she, she had been bleeding. 
She was just troubling the man, left, right, center, left, right. The man said, Charlie, can you save my food? He said, you are an insensitive man. I've been breathing since. You came. I'm very weak. He said, I should save my food. I should save your food. Your wife has been bleeding. I've, I've miscarried. The man bore. He said, don't get me angry. Save my food. He said, yeah, 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 yeah. normal. He now went back and asked the woman, what did you see? Did you see blood or you saw baby? He said, I saw blood. My food. That child is more normal. An intelligent student everywhere she has gone from Nigeria to abroad. I'm sure there were excess blood around the child. So the Holy Ghost just drained those foolish blood and kept the blood in a good level. Oh, pray, Papa. Every time you are making the evidence confuse you and make you doubt and doubt and doubt and doubt. In John chapter 20, Jesus appeared after resurrection to his disciples. And Thomas was not around. He came around. They told him everything. He said, no way. If I have not seen it, I have not put my hand in the holes, in the hand by the side, I am not believing. Jesus came and said, blessed is the one who has not seen and yet believed. Hey, don't be driven by physical evidence. Oh. Are you here at all? Your age must not drive you. Your lack of certificate must not drive you. Even though we'll be pushing, whatever is going south must not drive you because God is with you. And if you believe, all things are possible. Sometimes you see that your team is not working well. You begin to doubt whether you will ever succeed. Whoa. God told Paul, he said, I've given all the people in your team into your hands. When you are there, even a team that is non-performing can perform because you are there. And with your faith that you are going somewhere, you'll be praying everybody will start functioning well. Yeah. It's not me complaining here and there. I don't know where we're going. Hey, don't doubt your future. Don't doubt the word of, are you here at all? Yeah. The, the Thomas said, I must see. I must say, doubt always wants you to believe what you are seeing. Physical evidence. But he said, blessed are they who have not seen. That is, they, they live beyond the physical. They live beyond the, the natural. Is God talking to somebody now? Yeah. They live beyond paper. That's number two, right? Number three. Okay. Be courageous. To dissolve doubt, you need to be courageous to demonstrate the processes of unusual results for you should be courageous to demonstrate the processes or you should be courageous to undergo undertake the processes that produce unusual results look at jesus the disciples have already failed the man came to him and Jesus was courageous enough that in verse 25, when he saw the people coming, he started using the process. He rebuked the demon one time. 
Say, come out. Say, some people tried, it didn't work. But I am demonstrating to you, mister, that this is how we do it. And so you that is observing, you need to be courageous. Because Jesus is always demonstrating to us how it's done. So that the next time you know how you should do it. So all the issues surrounding the boy's life and health notwithstanding, Jesus still went through a particular process. He said, there is a demon here. I'm going to cast that demon out and the solution will come. That's what I'm saying. And it takes courage to know that a matter is facing you head on. And, and you still want to believe in the process that will bring the testimony and keep going on and on and on and on. Do you know the problem of Christians? We are rightful Christians. We try one, two, three. It doesn't work. We said the process doesn't work. But Elijah told Naaman, jump seven times. How many times? It takes courage to swim seven times. In a river that smells, it takes courage. Or else when you enter the first time, because he of, of course he knew that there are better rivers in, in, in Syria. Yes, Fapa is there. Don't tell me to jump in Jordan. And not once, seven. Captain with badges, stars. Abba. Abba. But it takes courage to abandon better rivers and come and jump in one that, that doesn't smell too good. Is God talking to somebody now? It takes courage to pursue, continue. The Bible says that follow them who through faith and patience. There's a way to follow. Following is not an event. Following is a marathon. It's a process. And trust in the process. You are doing it. It's not working, but it's working. In fact, when it's not working, it means it's working. Are you here at all? When it's not working, it means what? When it's not working, it's working. So be courageous. Many people just abandon the project of their, of their process of testimony because step one, step two, step three didn't yield a result. And they just, they just abandon it. Doubt set in. That thing, it won't work. If it will work, by now we would have seen a sign. The Lord said in 2 Kings 3.17, you will not see the wind. You will not see the rain. Yet the valley shall be filled. If you are always looking for a sign, you will fail. You will fail. The Bible says, he that looks at the wind will not sow. You look at the clouds, you will not plant. But he said, plant some there, plant some there, plant some there, plant some there, plant some there. You don't know whether the one will get, or both of them will work. Be courageous. It takes courage. The courage of faith to know that I'm working with the Lord. And I have an expectation. And you see, there's something called the profession of your faith. The profession of your faith means that you go and stand at the end of what you are expecting. And you start working towards it, knowing that I have believed in, I have trusted in the one that has promised me. And he's, he's done it already. It's just a matter of time. If I stick with him, my labor in the Lord shall not be in vain. Amen. 
people will come and say, I don't know why I do everything, it doesn't work. Everything I do, it doesn't work. When I, I hear people talking like, I laugh. <laughs> Everyone has been there before. Where they feel like nothing works. But when it's not working, it's working. When it's not working, it's what? It's working. That's why most times when women think they are sick, they go and find out they are pregnant. They didn't even think they were pregnant. But they'll be pregnant. Be courageous. Go through the process. If it's evangelism, you have to hit the road, hit the road, hit the road, hit the road. Hit the road. One pastor told me, he said, I've gone on evangelism. I've preached it. It's not working. I said, it works. Hit the road. It will work. Hit the road. It will work. By the time I showed him how it's working for me, and hit the road, it will work. Hit the road, it will work. After a while, it started working. Yes, because the devil will challenge you. Your faith will try you. You must pass the test of doubt. Are you here at all? Tell somebody there's a test of doubt you need to write. And you need to be courageous. <laughs> the Lord told Joshua, he said, be courageous. Number four, speak to your phenomenon of doubt. Jesus spoke to the demon. Come out. That, that issue there, that epilepsy, that whatever it is, speak to it. That's why you have to keep speaking to yourself. Last week I was talking to one lady. I said, I said if the lady is called Amma, I said, tell yourself, Amma, you have made it. <laughs> Amma, you are going to make it. Amma, you will make it. You should get to that point. David spoke and said, my soul, why are you cast out? My friend, get up. You should learn to speak, speak faith. Faith cometh by hearing. What you say to yourself will build faith in you. No more doubt. The doubt is coming. Fight it. How do you fight doubt? Speak to the demon. Come out. You don't belong here. Come out. Poverty. You don't belong here. Sickness. You don't belong here. You don't sit and cry. Sickness. Fight the good fight of faith. Jesus was just demonstrating to the guy. Fight. Fight. Praise the Lord. Come on now, praise the Lord. Fight, speak to let me say, come you demon there, come out. Come out. Some of us, the real demon is some unemployment. Come out, speak to it. Because if you don't keep speaking to it, it will start speaking to you. Yes. Can I show you something? Sure. Mark chapter 11. That Mark 11, eh? It's a very dangerous Mark. Verse 20. Look at what the Bible said. Mark eleven twenty. 20. Very quickly, please. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Oh, can you go to the early part? Early part. Mark 11. Just look at something. Oh, just there. Mark 11. Beautiful. Mark eleven twelve. <clears throat> and on the morrow, when they were come to when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily, 
he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of fix was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto him, unto it, No man. What verse is that? 14. I want us, I want us to analyze that, that statement there. And Jesus answered and said unto it. Jesus answered. Who questioned? And said unto was the tree speaking? I'm saying that. <laughs> Maybe you you don't know, but Jesus knew that this tree eh, is saying something to him. He quenched the tree by brutal speaking. He said, you, you are talking to me. You have deceived me and you are still talking. No fruit. No fruit. Hey! 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 Three days your men says they come with us. He now answered brutal and said, No man shall eat of you again. Your situation can speak brutally to you. Brut question your faith. You say you are a son of man. I swear. Bro. I swear. You say you are Jesus. You say that you are angry. My mouth. Jesus said, Hey. So I'm saying that the unemployment can be talking to you. You have to be in a position to talk back. Just want to talk back. Because if you allow this tree to keep talking, you begin to doubt if you are really the son of God. And you have to demonstrate that power by talking back. Tell somebody, learn how to talk by faith. One more time, one more time. Tell somebody, learn how to talk. Learn how to talk. Talk by faith. Whatever is speaking hunger, speak fruitfulness. Come on now. Say, whatever is speaking poverty, speak fruitfulness anything that is speaking to you keep speaking your expectation by faith because you will make it by speaking in the name of Jesus are you blessed tonight are you sure you are blessed that's why keep talking keep speaking keep talking keep speaking this hypertension will not kill me it's a lie keep speaking hey CJDA will not kill you, baby. Man, it's powerful. <laughs> Number five, learn to discern between many voices and the conviction of the spirit. Learn to discern. Learn to what? Discern. The Bible said that, and uh, in that, that scripture, where is it? Mark 9. When Jesus saw that many people were coming, in verse 25, when he saw that the people were coming, they were coming with voices. He stuck with his own conviction. Because in this life, one of the things that will give you doubt has to do with the voices of the people. Sister, if you are gone, you will never make it. But you have to discern. That's why Jesus quickly entered into action before the voices arrived. So please, learn to discern when the, the voices of the masses are a confirmation of the voice of the Spirit and when their voice 
collectively is contrary to the conviction that God has given you in your heart. Learn to decipher. Learn to discern. Or else you will be crowded by the voice of the people. And that will create doubt. 10 out of 12 said we cannot. When they went to spy, they were voices. But Caleb and Joshua refused to change the position of their conviction. They said, we will go. We will go. And when Caleb was 80, 85, he still said, give me that mountain. He never allowed. Some voices are negative, but they are persuasive. They are false, but they are persuasive. And if you are not careful, you will give in to those voices. And that is how your doubt will be established and confirmed. Number six, you need covenant understanding that things will fall or die before they rise again. Covenant understanding that things will fall or die before they rise again. And how do we say it? Jesus prayed for the child. The child fell down. The Bible says that as if he was dead in verse 26. And the spirit cried and rent him so and came out of him. And he was as one what? Dead. As one dead. In so much that many said he is dead. But Jesus took it a hand. He had an understanding that he has just fallen dead. Falling down. He's not dead. Most of the time, when you are believing God for something, you need this understanding that things that must work mostly must find themselves falling. Sometimes they look dead. So you see that because your faith is so high, you think that everything should go up. No. Normally it will fall first and then it will come alive. So if you don't have this understanding, when the thing falls down as if it's dead, your doubt will just start rising. Empire Numpo, the more we are praying, the more the thing is becoming pastor, pastor. I'm preaching. You need an understanding. So that when it falls down as if it's dead, you know that the process of the recovery has started. Is God talking to someone now? Yeah. Praying for a project, a business, and all of that. All of a sudden, everywhere is quiet. You call, nobody is answering. Blah, 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 blah. Then you start going into your madness. Ah, it's the same pattern. It's coming again. But you need an understanding that for it to live, it must die. For it to live, it must what? Except yeah. a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies. It abides the same. When it died, Jesus said, He that went down is the same that ascended. So you have to understand the righteous will fall seven times. He will rise, falling. Falling is not equal to dying. It's, it's not the end of life. It, it was as if. So when the as if starts showing up, don't follow with your doubt. He, Jesus was standing and said, oh, No. He, he just took the hand and said, There was no doubt in the head of Jesus that this is not dead. He went to Lazarus' tomb. He said, everybody said he's dead. He said he's sleeping. He called him. He didn't, he didn't say, he said, Lazarus! Bruh. <laughs> he just woke him. Straight. Many standing there said, if you had come early, you wouldn't have died. They had given up. By now, he's thinking. 
There are many things that are not dead. We allow them to die because of doubt. They are just there getting, they just need a hand to pick them by faith. And we don't pick them. And that's how they die. Last point. Last point. I don't know if I've given you enough point to dissolve doubt. You sure? In covenant practice, you should know. Seven, be bold to share your testimonies. Be bold to do what? Yeah, be bold. Be bold to share your testimonies. Many people are not bold. Jesus picked the hand of the child, handed the child over to the father. Handed the child over to the father. This, this is the testimony. Take it. I'm showing you. Some people, their level of doubt and fear makes them kata kata in your muscle. All the time. If I come and stand here and say that God gave me a new job, maybe the witches in the church would take it away. <laughs> that doubt. You're starting a relationship. You have good counselors around you. Telling them to help you with their eye too. You are keeping it so I want to handle it after a while. Yeah, abuse. I cannot say that. Now they are Be bold. Tell somebody, be bold. be bold. Because what God has given you, He has given you. Yes, be bold to share it. Be bold to what? Share it and let God put a stamp on it. So, so many people doubt. They doubt everything. They just. You can't dissolve doubt like that. Sometimes God will give you something and He wants you to be audacious. Yes, very audacious. Be there. You are an advert for me. Share it. One of the things I, I'm beginning to hate is how people corner me and share testimonies. But I'm not God. I'm not God. It's God who did it. And he has instructed us exactly what we should do with the things he does for us. Don't say that, oh, uh, I don't want anybody to hear about But why are you telling me I'm not, am I not anybody? I'm beginning to not like it at all. If you can't share it, go and write it. They'll read it for you. Praise the Lord. But that God gave you, you should share it. It's part of your faith. Yeah. It's part of your faith. Last Sunday, the double service, when the three sisters shared their testimonies, just three days ago, one sister here, believing God for the fruit of them, she has taken a major bold step because these people share their testimony. Yes. Major bold step. Major. You are not sharing the testimony. It's doubt too. It's doubt. A sign that you have faith is that you share your testimonies. It's a sign. Tell somebody it's a sign. One more time, one more time. Tell somebody it's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign. Tell somebody it's a big sign that you have faith. Lift your hands. I want you to pray. I want you to pray that this man shall be a great man for you. That's the only prayer I want you to pray. Lift up your hand. Just play the keyboard. Just play, play. Everybody just play something. Create an atmosphere here. Let's try and close. Very, lift your hands. Lift it. Lift it. Pray. 
Rekobarasonda la Bahasa, Adula Mere Kosata, Ito Kali Varazo, Zaligarama Razolia, Eselebere Kelezo, Estagrano Zabreri Garaza, Azitale Baraya. Come on now, open your mouth and pray.